Welcome to Starman's Podcast. We are live. Oh. Can we keep that? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, yeah. That's good. Great nice job. That was wonderful. Welcome. What's going on? What's up? What's up, dudes? What's up, dude? We're coming at you live at our studio. Stop. Nope. Studio. Mm. Tax deductible studio. Let's go. <laughs> sure. 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 Yeah. Well, how are you? No, I'm so good. Are you chipper? <laughs> I'm so good. Are you, like, ready? Nope, but yes. <clears throat> Let's fucking do this Let's shit. Let's fucking do this. What are we, uh, what's what's the topic? Uh, we're gonna talk about the Tohoku earthquake and the tsunami. And the Fukushima nuclear meltdown, all of it. Fukushima? Fukushima. I hardly know her. <sighs> I've been saving that one for a while. I hated every second, <clears throat> millisecond that was, that of that. was cocked and ready to I just fucking rejected every piece of that. <laughs> but anyways, oh my god. Okay, let's get into it. Yes. We don't have any business to do, I don't think. Uh, no. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. If you didn't get our merch, you're... Mm. You're on Santa's naughty list now. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. It's okay. You always have next year. You can always buy merch today. You could for next Christmas. For your, or you're just you could just wear it, or just put on your water bots or in your car. Oh yeah, I <laughs> forgot we do stickers. stickers. <laughs> I was like, you gonna put a shirt on a water bottle? Yeah, sure. They do make those. Really? Amazon. Ugh. Anyone looking for a gimmick, <clears throat> a little extra buck here and there? Sounds fantastic. No. Okay, let's get into it. Yes. Okay, so in 2011 at 2.46 p.m., a 9.1 undersea megathrust <laughs> mega <thrust>. earthquake <laughs> created the fourth largest earthquake known to man and devastated Japan with only 10 to 15 minutes notice for civilians. I like that all of your natural disaster episodes, you start out with like... A recap. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Because I'm always waiting for, like, this story, and then, like, at the end of the podcast, you're like, and, and it was this, and you're like, oh, my God. No, but I But you're like, no, this, this is what it is. This is what it is, but the details is where it gets, like, the sketchy parts. Like, that's, you're like, okay, yeah, that's fucking scary, but no, the details is where you're scary. Yeah, I'm excited. So, I mean, I'm not, but I am. I am. This was something I remember happening, like, when I was in school, and... We were watching it for weeks in our um, epidemiology class. We were or monitoring it. It was really an interesting event. Yeah, I remember hearing about it and like seeing some stuff on the news, but yeah, I guess we didn't cover it that well because I thought it was just like a. Well, it affected the United States a little bit, not much, but um, but it does have effects on the entire world too. So, um, so let's start with part one, and we're <laughs> gonna start with the earthquake first. So, again, at 2.46 on March 11th, 2011, a 9.1 earthquake occurred in the northwestern Pacific Ocean. It was at a relatively shallow depth of about 20 miles or so, which I think is 32 kilometers off the shore. But its epicenter, which is like the central zone for where everything's happening, is about um, 81 miles off of Sendai, which is in the Tohoku region. I might not be saying that right, but I'm pretty sure I am. This is like... What, off the coast of? It's right off the coast. So the epicenter okay. is the uh, the point where it's the strongest. Right. But where the depth is what it was. It was really shallow. It was only like, tw you know, 20 miles or so. Hmm, okay. Um, the earthquake lasted an entire six minutes. It was so strong that cracks formed in the earth and people could see the earth like separating in front of them. You know, like in the six movies. Six minutes? Yeah, six minutes. 
Like, that doesn't a long sound time. like a long time, but if the earth is shaking, when you can't I'd be move, concerned after like four seconds. I would be concerned like of not being able to like orient myself. So, right. Um. So it lasted an entire six minutes, and again, it's in like the movies where you could literally the earth was cracking in front of you, and you're not like falling into these crevices where it's like ah, and then you drop down to the core, but there's <laughs> right. big cracks everywhere. Yeah, crazy. You're okay, Molly. Um. Its initial intensity started at a seven point nine. But then it had another wave of quakes, and then it went up to an 8.8. Then another wave, and it went up to an 8.9. Another one, then 9.0. And then it finally peaked on its highest intensity of 9.1. Shit. The city of Sendai was the closest major city to the earthquake. And for reference, the earthquake's epicenter, which we just talked about before, was 232 miles from Tokyo. It was about northeast of Tokyo. Um, This entire event is really... Just this whole cascading bullshit brewing storm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was pre- there was a predictive value to it because there was a lot of foreshocks reported before the big one happened. And there was hundreds of aftershocks um, following the major earthquake. Mm-hmm. So the first major foreshock was actually a 7.2 recorded on March 9th, two days before. Following three more on the same exact day of 6.0 or greater. So the numbers I'm putting out, the 7.2 and 6.0, if you don't remember, those are the Richter scale numbers. Right. We'll go over those again in a little bit, but just hang on to those for a few. Um, so after the earthquake on March 11th, a 7.4 aftershock was recorded less than half an hour after the initial, the major one, at 3.08 p.m. Um, then another one at, at 315 was another 7.9. Then another at 326 at 7.7. Shit. On the day of the mega earthquake alone, 221 aftershocks with a magnitude of five point or great or five or greater was recorded. The what same the fucking fuck? day. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, it's like constant fucking earthquakes. <laughs> So, but to this day, over 800 aftershocks with a 4.5 or greater have been recorded since the initial earthquake. So, I'll kind of recap the Richter scale. Um, so, 1.0 1. to 1.9 is that kind of a micro-earthquake. It's rarely felt, but you can record on seismographs. There's less than, or there's greater than 7 million per year, and they're called micro-continual, as in it's just the normal shift of the Earth. Just a tiny little blip. Mm-hmm. 2.0 to 2.9 is a minor earthquake, and it can be felt slightly by people, but no damage to any buildings or anything. And there's greater than a million per year. 3.0 to 3.9, a minor earthquake that is often felt by people, but rarely causes damage. You can visualize the shaking of, like, objects in, like, your house and stuff. Like, glasses will shake a little. And there's around 100,000 of these per year. Mm-hmm. 4.0, 4.9, a light earthquake. Shaking of interior objects, you can rattle doors, furniture, felt by most people in the area, but rarely noticed outside. Rarely, rarely, or rarely causes damage. Um, and then if there is damage, it's to objects like falling off the shelves and stuff. There's 10,000 to 15,000 per year. 5.0 to 5.9, moderate earthquake, damage to poorly constructed buildings. Um, you still can't feel it outside, but maybe a little bit, but it is felt by everybody. 1,000 to 1,500 per year. Now we're going to get into the kind of the more moderate section, which is the 6.0s and up. So 6.0 to 6.9 is a strong earthquake with damage to a moderate number of structures. 
Poorly designed structures will receive moderate to severe damage and can be felt up to hundreds of kilometers from its epicenter with a violent shaking. There's only 100 to 150 of these per year. On average, these are not like <clears throat> strict. Right, yeah, yeah. 7.0 to 7.9, major earthquake, causes damage to most buildings, partial full collapse, even with well designs, felt 250 kilometers from the epicenter, 10 to 20 per year. What was that scale? 7.0 to 7.9. So they were feeling those oh, yeah. constantly after. Damn. On the same day. 8.0 to 8.9, a great earthquake, major damage to buildings with most structures destroyed, moderate severe damage to earthquake resistant buildings, extremely large region, one per year. 9.0 or greater. A mega quake at, with that or near total destruction, severe damage and collapse to all buildings extends continentally and can be global effects. To, and then it can affect like everyone around the world. And there's also permanent changes in topography, holy shit, and geology. <laughs> and there's only one per 10 to 20 years. Were you around, side note, um, were you around Maine in like 2009, 2008? Yeah, I lived there. In my Maine whole life. had a pretty s crazy earthquake. We don't, we don't, not like, I don't even think we're near a tectonic plate. Are yeah, we? but we felt one. Weird. It was like pretty noticeable too. Mm -mm. I remember. Nope, I don't remember. Okay. That's so, all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you guys know, I love my geology. So we're going to talk about kind of what happened with this earthquake, why it was so severe, how it kind of built up. The earthquake occurred where the Pacific Plate subducted under a plate between northern Honshu. The Pacific Plate actually moves 8 to 9 centimeters on average per year, which is about 3.1 to 3.5 inches. And it dips under Honshu, building kind of an enormous amount of elastic and kinetic energy. This creates a seismic slip rupture event where the Pacific Plate essentially spring loads back up, displacing massive amounts of water and raising the seafloor several meters. Damn. Right. You can just picture it's kind of like a sling, you know, it builds under, goes under, goes under, and then it slingshots back right. up from the pressure. Um, these types of slip ruptures typically happen over at least um, a 500 kilometer or a 310 mile uh, or in length or so. And they typically go on a very straight tectonic line or plate line. Um, so the subduction zone under Honshu is not very straight, meaning that it was a kind of a non-predictive, unusual event for this to happen. Um, it's very rare for that plate line because it's kind of jagged to exceed anything above an eight magnitude. Hmm. So it was a big surprise to seismologists. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Like <clears> flat <throat> surfaces just have a... Well, if it's straight, you know, they glide easily and they can just slide under, slide up versus ridges. There's a lot of friction. There's a lot more surface area that's interacting versus a straight line. It's just beep. Right. Versus here, you have to go hmm. in between. That's a lot more energy. That's so. true. That's probably why. Could be. <laughs> um, it was estimated the slow slip deficit, how long it took for the Pacific Plate to slide in spring, was building for 280 to 880 years. But 93% of the energy release built from 1926 to 2011. How they measured this, I have no idea. Yeah. No fucking idea. Maybe just a good guess on... The power of it? Maybe. Uh, maybe like the maybe they were watching like the geology, how it like shifted, how the 
maybe the ocean floor is shifting down and it just accelerated in this period of time. I don't know. Um, most of the aftershock earthquakes in this area is the release of the remaining kinetic energy from the initial slip deficit, which is actually kind of cool. So it slips up, but if it doesn't go the whole way, it'll slip, slip, slip. It'll keep going up. So, um, so this earthquake was so powerful and moved Honshu, which is the main island of Japan, 2.4 meters or eight feet east. Damn. Shifted it. Not the wildest part. It actually shifted the earth on its axis four inches. <sighs> oh, yes. Yeah, so there was a four range. Degrees. They had a discrepancy. Uh, There's two sources that said two different things. So it said it shifted the earth on its axis 10 centimeters or four inches. And then another source said 25 centimeters and 10 inches. I would more likely believe the four inch one. That so, would be such a immeasurable degree calculation. That's like... Point ten millionth of a degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's enough to alter it. So. Right. So it even affected our Chandler wobble, which is kind of the slight discrepancy in Earth's rotation because we don't spin in a perfect circle. We kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. the little wobble. I so know about the wobble. You do know the wobble. <laughs> um, it also increased our rotational speed slightly, and it shortened our day by one point eight microseconds kind of slinged us. What are we going to do? I know, right? It's like so minor, but um, it was due to the redistribution of Earth's mass in a massive energy leak. It kind of propelled us a little, which is kind of... Yeah, sure. Ugh. It's kind of weird to think that the Earth is like not only alive with like animals and like the water and all the cycles, but like the actual like core of the Earth is like moving all the time. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Um. It also created an infrasound waves that were detected by satellites orbiting, too. So it was felt way up there. Um, So initially, it sank the coast of Honshu by about, well, 250 uh, miles of the coast of Honshu sank by one meter, like itself. It just went... Mm -hmm. But after three years, it self-restored itself to its original height, which is interesting. It's kind of like the Earth corrected itself. Um, this is significant because when the coast sinks, it allows easier access for what was to follow this massive earthquake, which was the wave that came through. Yeah. So now we're at this height and now we're a meter shorter, which is one meter less of protection from the people on the island. So mm-hmm. alternatively, right in the center of the earthquake, the seabed shifted 24 meters or 79 feet and elevated the coast of Miyagi by three meters or 9.8 feet. Shit. A final report stated that a seabed between the epicenter of the quake and the Japan Trench moved 50 meters or 150, I'm sorry, 160 feet east-southeast and rose 7 meters or 23 feet. So the whole fucking area went like, like up, down, up, down, here we go. Everything's fucking shifting and moving. Yep. So, um, (laughs) there's an entire list, um if you Google it, of land subsidence that had permanent changes that changed, like, these ty- or these geological changes. They weren't just, like, self-correcting like the ones before. They actually shifted, and they're now still there, making them more susceptible to, like, floods and stuff. So the energy released from the earthquake was 1.9 times 10 to the 17th power joules, which is almost double the 9.1 Richter scale um, earthquake that killed 230,000 people in 2004, which is the Indian Ocean earthquake tsunami. I definitely want to do this as a topic in the future, because that one is also a wild fucking ride. Shit. 
So that is enough power to power Los Angeles for at least one year straight. Released in like what one second from the earth yeah less than well from the earthquake itself so six minutes christ yep so people who are on the ground they experienced a peak ground acceleration of 2.9 g's damn the and that's the highest ever recorded in the world the prior highest was 2.7 g's crazy so the Japan Meteorological Seismic Intensity Scale um this is a scale that ranges like if you're walking on the ground you're experiencing an earthquake it ranges from 0 to 7 and records the intensity of local ground shaking. So 0 is imperceptible, 1 is perceptible people in upper stories, 2 is perceptible people in most indoors can awake with light sleepers, um, 3 is perceptible to all indoors and frightens some people, light damage, 4 there's a lot of fear present and most will start to seek escape and it will awaken people. You'll see swaying, rattling, and falling of objects with light damage to homes. Um, Lower five, so for some reason the second half they they split into lowers and uppers, but lower five, most people try to run or escape, most objects fall, topple, severely rattle, break windows, topple poles, damage to normal structures. Upper five, people are frightened, hard to move from the earth displacement, heavy furniture falls, concrete can collapse, cars can stop due to difficulty driving. That's crazy, your car just stops because you can't drive over an earthquake. That's pretty strong. Yeah. Heavy Shit. damage occurs to most homes, can crack pillars, cross beams, damage can occur to earthquake-resistant homes. Six, most people cannot stand, or lower six, sorry. Most people cannot open doors, and furniture is toppling and moving around. Violent shaking with collapse of buildings, walls, pillars, earthquake-resistant buildings are taking damage, cracking, and moderate, moderate damage to them as well. Upper six. This is out of seven, right? This is out of seven. Yeah. It's impossible to stand. Most cannot move and crawling is difficult. Almost all house objects are displaced or devastated. Trees can collapse and fall. Houses can fully collapse um, with apartment buildings and kind of higher level structures. Earthquake resistant homes have severe structural damage. Seven. People are thrown and it's impossible to move. Oh my god, damn. That's a lot of G's. Just fucking yeet. <laughs> Full devastation and destruction of all buildings, even earthquake resistance. Tohoku earthquake was the third highest recorded to the state. Miyagi experienced a full level seven. Jesus. So there was a point to that nonsense I just rattled through. So for almost six entire minutes, it was a level seven. What do you even do? Just hold on for you dear life? just try and hold on and try and figure your shit out and not get crushed. God damn. Fukushima, oh gosh, experienced an upper six, and then a whole list of others were experiencing lower six. You can find the whole list, just Google it, of <laughs> basically all these cities that um, were basically devastated and these people couldn't go anywhere, so... So, kind of getting actually into how the people reacted to the earthquake itself. So, did the people get warning that an earthquake was happening? So, Japan houses more than 1,000 seismometers to warn civilians. The civilians had roughly one minute before the earthquake was felt in Tokyo. It warned of an impending strong shaking. Because there was a lag time between where the earthquake was, the closest civilians were warned 31 seconds after... The earthquake had already started. I mean, if you're going to get warned, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, <clears throat> I feel like that sounds bad, but, like, it might be good to, like, 
if you're like, oh shit, what's happening? It's and then they're like, oh, by the way, there's an earthquake. It's like, right. okay, at least like that world's not ending. I guess it's better. Mm-hmm. One, yes, that's true. But two, even if it's the closest that had a lag time, the more people inland, you know, at least they the cascade effect <clears throat> of that they probably at least had some more time as you got farther away. So. True, yeah. So some warnings actually did not trigger due to the smaller pre-quake magnitudes that were recorded. And they were also not large enough to hit a threshold. So like these little foreshocks, they didn't proof enough. And then for some reason when it, because it was at a certain threshold, I don't know, it just didn't trigger when the big earthquake happened. Yeah. So not to mention after the mega quake hit, power went out completely. And all relaying systems were experiencing connection fails as expected. Because it was total devastation. Yeah, no doubt. System software was actually upgraded after this initial incident to overcome these obstacles in the for future. Sure. Nice. So, as stated above, there was a ton of aftershocks. Here's the most devastating. A month later, on April 7th, a major aftershock was struck offshore with a magnitude of 8.1. Its epicenter in, was underwater and 41 miles off the coast of Sendai. Four people were killed and electricity was cut off across most of northern Japan, including, oh my god, the Higashidori nuclear power plant. Remember how we all know the importance of keeping reactors cool and operational? I certainly do (laughs) remember that. That was important. Yep. Four days later, after that one, on April 11th, a a 7.1 struck Fukushima, adding more to the devastation and killing three more people. And also prolonging the effects of the power plant meltdown, which we'll go into. December 7, 2012, a 7.3 was recorded, causing another minor tsunami. The same instance happened on October 27, 2013, with a 7.1 causing another tsunami. Excluding the hundreds of thousands of people stated before, the most recent quake occurred on February 13, 2021, where it caused damage across Miyagi and Fukushima. One person was killed, 185 were injured. It is suggested with studies that because of the number of continuous aftershocks, they were correlated with decreased health and wellness across Japan. Interesting. Have you ever heard of the studies? Well, the constant vibration is not good for our bodies. Have you heard of the people that live near um, windmills? The vibration from the windmills goes down to the ground near their houses. It's been causing a lot of health issues with some of those people. Yeah, I had no idea. So, <laughs> that's the earthquake. Now we're going to get into the tsunami. I know, it's <sighs> it's it's rough. Um, the tsunami, the earthquake was bad. I mean, people couldn't stand up. They could. They were trapped in their buildings. Their houses collapsed on top of them. Yeah. But what was to come after is just insane. At 2.49 after the earthquake, a massive tsunami warning was issued, the largest in history to date, even to today. As a reminder, the initial earthquake took place at 2.46 and about (laughs) 67 kilometers or 42 miles off the coast of the nearest point of Japan. It was predicted to take 10 to 30 minutes to reach the first affected. Kids were playing outside, shops were open, and the government was having its annual meeting and dietary restrictions, and nobody stopped, even with the warning. (laughs) So as people were standing, you can see there's whole footage of this thing. I was sitting here watching it with you sitting right there, too. Mm-hmm. You can see 
a massive receding of water, enough where it grounded all of the boats sitting in the harbors. Which is fucking crazy. That means when the water's getting sucked up, it's not just, like, going down on the earth. It's going somewhere. And it's collecting. So, people were standing basically in the streets watching this coastal receding happening. And they're standing right outside of it as it hit. Jesus. An upthrust of 6 to 8 meters, or 20 to 26 feet, that was 110 miles wide, brought destruction along the entire Pacific coastline of Japan. Jesus. Towns were wiped fully clean as it hit, and thousands of lives were lost instantly. The tsunami was so large that it spread the entire Pacific coast, that it spread to the entire uh, Pacific coast of North America, South America, from Alaska all the way down to Chile. Damn, what the shit? Though it spread far, those coastal areas far away only experienced about two meters or about seven foot waves. But still, it's enough. But still, yeah. Damn. The highest wave to hit Japan was 67 feet tall. Mm, nope. That's a big fucking wave. Nope. I don't want it. No. <laughs> Is Japan below sea level or above it? Do you know? No fucking clue. Comparatively low at an average elevation of 438 meters above sea level. So it's not... feet? It's not a bowl, but it's uh, 1,400. Okay. Sure, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> um, the tsunami warning was obviously the most serious in scale and rated as a major tsunami. The predicted wave heights were between 9.8 feet three or 3 meters and 20 feet only, or 6 meters. Very, very underpredicted. In total, the tsunami spread 561 square uh, kilometers or 217 square miles across Japan. At 312 off the coast of... Oh, fuck. I'm so bad with these names. Kamishi, the first tsunami wave was observed at 22 feet high. 9,500 people went missing as the wave wiped out the shores and took out the cities. Jesus. Sea walls were taken out, and helicopters observed cars trying to flee the wave before the drivers and families were literally swept up. Yeah, yeah. People were trapped. Oh my god, this is awful. So people were trapped inside their houses because of the earthquake and the damage from it, and they couldn't get out. They collapsed on top of them. So if they're stuck in the rubble, and then you come in and get wiped out by this fucking wave, yeah, they just you can't escape the tsunami. That's fucking what a. Horrible, horrible way. way. You're sitting there with a crush injury, stuck, and then you fucking drown. Or like not even that, but I'm sure people <clears> got like, like their fucking roofs fell, and they were just trying to sort their shit out, and then all of a sudden trying to get grandma out the front door, and they can't. Fucking seven leveled. feet of water, like more than that, 20, 20, 30, 40 feet of water. God damn. In some areas, the wave was over three stories high, and people who had sought higher ground were actually washed out from the buildings, anyways. <sighs> So you're like, yep, we're going to go up to the fourth floor, Grandma, and doesn't matter. You get oh, fucking wiped. Oh, no. Entire buildings were literally washed away. Like, apartment buildings, everything. Even with multi-stories, they were gone with all the people inside. So if you watch the footage, you can see these buildings. They almost, like, slide, and they just collapse on themselves. And they're Ugh. just destroyed. Yeah, because their like, foundation's completely gone. Gone. <clears throat> Shit. So they, um... I just, these, there was people who were, who some, well, some people were standing on the rooftops and they were able to like visualize it and stay safe, but they're watching like people around them just get like swept away and die as the water's still increasing and like coming up, creeping towards them slowly. Damn. So there's a video I watched that was really good. 
Um, and it gave a or it gave a really great like timeline because someone was you know videotaping from the top of a roof or whatever. Um, so at 3:21, um, where this guy was filming was the waters breached kind of a port area and it wiped out all the coastal buildings. You can kind of see the wave crash through and destroy every house and there's there's nothing like left. When I say it's like swept up, it like fully swept up. Nothing remained. It just took it all out. But people were running in the streets and they're driving their cars to escape the massive wave kind of infiltrating the town. <sighs> but you can't, with the earthquake and the buildings partially collapsed from it in these zones, you know, there's no roads. Yeah. Poles are collapsed. There's debris everywhere. So you're trying to escape in your car. How can you? Just, you just fucking can't. reek devastation on this place. There, right. There is footage of someone standing in a road, kind of well, a road, quote unquote. Mm. Um, they watched a house get swept up by the wave and then like kind of exploded and shattered for them and then just went straight towards them. And they were able to run up into a building and you just see like the running and that's oh my it. God, that's fucking terrifying. Right. Crazy. People were just screaming. <laughs> In port towns, boats were washed right over the tsunami barriers like it was nothing. And then they're pushed into houses, and those actually created, like, these battling rams that kind of also worked at pushing fucking houses over and breaking shit up, too. It's... Shit. It's kind of resilient. It's crazy. Um, At 3.54, the NHK, which is a reporting service, was taking aerial photos and reporting on it from Sendai. They were watching the tsunami force its way all like up every river that was had breached out to the sea and it was taking out all its bridges it was kind of described as a massive black wave that swelled everything in its pass or it's in in its path houses fields power lines cars people boats all of it anyone who was within miles of the coast or in a or not in a concrete building of at least three stories high were gone there's footage of people in their cars as the tsunami actually hit them too they're like screaming and then it just wipes them away um, there's some people that when they're, who are like farther inland and the tsunami is coming, but it's kind of at a slower rate and it's not like this rapid, like 60 foot wave. It's more like a 10 to 15, 20 foot wave. Mm-hmm. And you can see it come up behind them and they're able, these people were able to get out, but the wave like hits them and then it starts floating their car and bobbing it. And then it creates like a current and then it starts flipping their car and shit. And they're all like inside. Jesus. Jesus. So the, some of these people have managed to escape because obviously there's footage. So mm-hmm. um, Tokyo was actually qu- pretty far away, as we talked about earlier. Um, due to the impending tsunami wave, civilians in Tokyo were really panicked. They had to shut down all the train and bus transportation systems, and people just flooded the streets, not, in, not allowing cars to move or kind of drive away to, f- to go to the opposite side of the coast, away from it. Those who were trying to get inland were blocked from the debris of buildings that collapsed from the earthquake again. All over Japan, people were trapped on roofs and phone calls could get, not get through to emergency lines due to lack of power or just the overwhelming numbers, which is crazy. Um, helicopters flying around were the only visuals on those who needed rescuing. They weren't able to take, you know, the calls and whatever because power was wiped out. Temporary shelter- shelters were like kind of quickly fastened where people just gathered in these safe spaces but there's not food or there was no food there's not enough blankets and there's no heat and there's not really a lot of protection because these people were still experiencing aftershocks as the wave and the waters are right there it's so crazy it's poor people right 
So remember, on that first day alone, there was 221 aftershocks recorded that were greater than 5 magnitude. Um, the only hope were people to be warm was to set fires or to use kerosene lamps and curtains or whatever they could find for warmth. Set fires in a tsunami. <laughs> right. <laughs> like where? Literally. Well, if you're in like a building that's not affected by the water, because some <clears throat> people were inland, so. Yeah. At, or you're up high. Um, at 7.20 uh, p.m. on the first day, fires were actually spreading rapidly across Miyagi. So what? the reason why was it took out a ton of oil tankers and these ruptured <laughs> oil cans and barrels washed away with a tsunami into the towns and the people who were setting fires caught fire to that on the houses and shit like that. Caused a lot of fires and issues with that. Also, when the tsunami hit and then receded, tanks got pressurized and they were got or they were exploded from falling debris on them from like the earthquake itself. Jesus. So yeah, so like a propane tank could have ignited from just getting collapsed in on. So by the evening of day one, people who had survived were about to get hit by a wave of freezing temperatures with no power, no heat, and no food. Because it was March, and it dropped down to below freezing. God damn. And that is where I'm going to end for part one. Sheesh. Boom. Just every, it just gets worse. It just keeps getting it worse. It does. That's, so that's day one. And the amount of people missing on day one was obviously tens of thousands of people. And that's just missing. Didn't you... Was it Was it just the media you were watching, or did it seem to me like... People weren't as urgent to leave or, like, do anything about it. People didn't, they completely under, underestimated it because it was, like, they're, like, oh, 10 to 20-foot waves. Their barriers along the direct coast are usually 10 to 20 feet. And so it's like, more, yeah, like, we'll 10 or 15. Yeah, so <laughs> they're, they're expecting higher waters, but they weren't expecting 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 feet of a, a wave coming right. through damn they were just out there playing around doing their shit trying to figure out what the fuck happened after the earthquake like kids were doing their normal things press conferences were going after that nothing was taken as seriously and we go into some interviews where people are like i wish i had taken this way more seriously and then you know my family might have been alive just like but at the same time like I probably would be right there with them if I lived in a place that, like, constantly had tsunamis or earthquakes. I'd just be like, eh, I'll take my chances. Right. You know, what are the odds? Well, they had the earthquake. And remember, <clears throat> some places, their earthquake um, system to warn them didn't... Right. It was delayed. Nothing happened. So they're like, they have the earthquake and they go outside and they're like, okay, we're fine. We're good. You know? Sucks our buildings and shit are collapsed, but they're outside and then... Right. Then they stand on the coast and like, what the fuck is this? And here it comes. And again, that water receding, that is so fucking eerie. That was so eerie to watch. <laughs> Where'd the water go? And it's oh, quick shit. too. It's not just like, well, it's not like, shoot, but it's like, yeah. and then you're like, oh, and the boats just like, they don't, they just hit the ground. And you're like, um, where the fuck did, you know? tons and tons of all this fucking water like gallons right like what square feet of water however much just fucking disappeared no so that's like a fucking omen 
Something so gonna happen. so that was day one we go into a little bit more of day one but that okay. was the most devastating day but the, it does get worse because about they're about to hit freezing temperatures it's getting cold and nobody has no like there is no electricity <clears throat> anywhere say, yeah. nowhere it can't be no shit shit damn well that's exciting i mean it's exciting to want to know what else goes wrong but right. that's just yeah that's pretty terrible Okay, so we hope you keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hit us up uh, at starmintspodcast at gmail.com or check out starmints.live where you can find all of our social media links. We're on TikTok. 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 Sorry, I have a fucking cold today. And Instagram. You sound fine, actually. I don't feel fine. Well, you, I didn't say how you felt. I said you sound fine. Oh, I don't. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I'm good. You sound fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's so good. Everything's so good. So good. So fucking good. Okay, bitches. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see you in the next one. uh, We'll see you next time for part two. Yeah, buddy. Bye. Mm-hmm.